Hello everybody uh, and Kiora. So today we will talk uh, about Ostrot's recent project, uh, a review of current uh, network operations planning practices, and we will also take you through um, an online library for practitioners looking to develop or evolve uh, their own network operations planning processes. We have more than 300 people registered for today's session, so welcome to you all and thanks for joining us. My name is Ekaterina, I'm a communications officer at Ostroads, and I will be moderating today's session. First of all, uh, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to elders past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the regional people of New Zealand. A little bit about Ostroads. Uh, we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. Uh, the project that we are focusing on today was delivered under the Transport Infrastructure Transport Network Operations Program, uh, which is managed by Richard L. Place. A little bit of housekeeping. Um, so our presenters will speak for 40 minutes and then we will have a Q&A session for 15 minutes. The report today's session is based on and the presentation slides can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right hand side of your screen. There's also a question section there, so please use it to send us your questions at any time during the webinar. Uh, if you could let us know uh, the question number, the slide number that your question relates to, that would be very helpful for us to answer your question as best as we can. Um, you can also use that same box uh, to let us know if you have any technical problems. But just a quick tip, uh, if you uh, lose sound or your picture freezes, the issue is most likely um, with your internet connection. So leaving the session, closing the browser and rejoining the session again via your registration link usually helps. This session is being recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. Um, if you listen to podcasts, uh, you can also find Ostroads in your podcast app. Um, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce our presenters for today, Andrew Sommers, Alex Blackett, and Will Fuchs. We will first hear from Andrew Sommers. Uh, he is a specialist consultant in future mobility and ITS, and is the director of Transoptim. Andrew has extensive experience in network operations strategy, as well as ITS. His first involvement in network operations planning dates back to 20, 2004, uh, helping to use colored highlighters to mark up model road use hierarchy in the very early days of smart roads. Our second presenter is Alex Blackett, uh, an experienced transport professional who enjoys working with clients on projects uh, that are challenging and dynamic. Um, Alex believes in understanding the client, their business, project context, uh, and dependencies to deliver outcomes that provide real value and are fit for purpose. Alex has experience across a range of services, ability to transition between strategy and detail and translate information between and to executive and operational stakeholder levels. Um, and our third presenter is Will Fuchs. Uh, Will leads GTA's national transport planning team. He's an experienced transport professional with an extensive track record delivering large-scale complex projects across Australia and the UK. His strength lies in developing transport strategies that are bold, achievable, um, and balanced against, um, against wider objectives. Will brings a deep knowledge of governance, policy, and commercial levers uh, that impact on transport in cities. Welcome to you all, and I will now hand over to Andrew. 
Thank you uh, very much, Ekaterina, and uh, and I'll just repeat the welcome to uh, to everyone who's uh, following the webinar today. Start off with a brief introduction to the team. Uh, you've already been introduced to uh, the name that do appear on the slide here. Uh, so my role was as Austroads project manager uh, to sort of oversee the project on behalf of Austroads. Uh, the two main members of the project team, Will and Alex from uh, from GTA, which is now a part of Stantec. Uh, are both presenting today. But within any Austroids project, it's really important to recognise the role that, uh, that the review process and uh, stakeholder inputs plays. And, and that was certainly true in this project as well. So thank you very much to the working group, to the, uh, the network task force, uh, and ultimately the last review step is always Austroids board itself. The working group for this project, as with most Austroids projects, was from right around uh, Australia and New Zealand and included representation from local government as well, given that local government are an important user of network operating plans. Uh, so thank you to all the people whose names are listed on the screen. Uh, your contributions made the project uh, possible and, and valuable. Uh, and if there's anyone who did contribute whose names not included on the screen, we, we do thank you as well. Um, there's just only so, many, so much room we've got uh, in these little text bubbles. Uh, and with that, I'll be handing over now to um, to Alex to sort of get the main presentation underway. Uh, thanks for that, Andrew. And um, first of all, uh, what I'm going to present here is the, the method. So basically how we did the project. The first thing um, we were given was the uh, was the um, aims and objectives, which came from the project brief. The, the main aim was really to provide material that would build capabilities and increase use of NOPs uh, in both state and local governments. And we had a set of objectives, uh, basically to understand best practice and understand the gaps and issues uh, out there. Uh, also critical was looking at uh, the network fit assessment tool, which is a tool that uh, related to smart roads and identifying uh, performance gaps. We also, uh, gave consideration to uh, moving in place, which at the time of preparing this project was very much uh, new. Uh, provide uh, supporting guidance, so uh, really trying to build that capability so we can increase the use. And through all that, really, it was about uh, developing a reference library, um, which uh, is basically what we'll be presenting uh, in this webinar. The key steps uh, that were involved there uh, was first of all, we did a literature review. So a literature review uh, was um, all state stuff, Austroads, and also some international. I think we looked at UK, US, and even our French uh, um, material. We were then given uh, case studies, which came from the, the, the working group. So we had five uh, from, um, um, from five different uh, uh, states um, uh, bodies, and New Zealand was one of those. Uh, and then the network fit assessment tool, as mentioned, that was uh, a tool that was used as part of smart roads to identify the performance gap. So we had a look around uh, its usefulness and uh, how it was, might be used, if it's going to be used in the future. With all that information, we then uh, developed reference materials. So as mentioned, with the, the aim was uh, to increase use. So the reference material was to inform uh, all potential and current users of NOPs. And once we developed that material, we then trialled it uh, with the project working group. So as Andrew's mentioned, there was quite a few people there and um, 
uh, they all had uh, quite good and active input in making sure that material was helpful to them and who might also use it. And then sort of brings us to where we are now, so the documentation dissemination. Uh, there is a research report, which we will uh, highlight later in the presentation, um, and also disseminate, obviously, here we are with uh, Webinar. What, what we sort of did at the outset of the project is we obviously had some understanding of NOPS uh, and how they're being used around the country, but we um, sort of went through a few steps here and just tried to, to set ourselves up around how we're going to tackle this project. And, and the overall question was uh, who's actually using NOPS? Um, when we, you know, most states and national government agencies are using them. Um, uh, but then when we sort of thought about regional areas, local councils, it drops off very quickly. Uh, very limited use there. So understanding under each of those, uh, in terms of the state and national government road agencies, we were thinking around what is the best practice and, and what are the current issues that, that they're facing. And what, what we found um, is while they're all using it, there, there, there was a lot of variation in their application. I suppose we're trying to understand why there was this variation. Um, and, and essentially in that context, then what, what is the shared benefit? Um, that, that everyone's getting and why they're doing it. Uh, the limited wider use was was um, was interesting and, and and while these people were using it, I guess it then sort of led into that why weren't regional areas and, and local councils doing it. So we're thinking with them, um, is there any benefit in them actually doing it and, and what are those barriers to use? And I suppose the, the first point is yes, we definitely see benefit for, for even regional areas, local councils, because it does um, allow them to link their strategic intent down to the operational decisions, day-to-day -day decisions. In terms of the, the barriers, well, um, I guess when they're trying to apply the state and national approaches, they're pretty uh, all-encompassing and, and there's barriers there to resources and, 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 and capabilities uh, in-house. So with that sort of uh, overall approach, we then realised that you know, the reference material really does need to set out what best practice is, highlight the benefits and address the barriers. I'll hand over now to Will Fuchs. Thanks, Alex. Um, thanks for that introduction, Andrew. Um, so first, I'd just like to thank everyone, um, particularly those from agencies that gave up a um, significant amount of time to contribute to the research. Um, you know, the, the, the case study depth interviews took quite a long time, which was great. Um, so this section, we're going to talk about uh, the key findings of the research, how we got to them, and um, how that informed the development of the online reference material. A uh, key focus of this research was how we provide an output that is helpful for you to solve your problems in what you're doing on a day-to-day on a, on a -day basis. Um, so early on in the research, we wanted to create consistency um, across our investigation. And, and what we started was with um, 16 key themes and why 16. Um, these are the questions that we wanted to answer. Uh, and really it's the who, how, what and why. Um, and so these see, these um, themes were used throughout the process. So were used in the literature review, the, the interviews. So we asked um, the interviewees 16 questions uh, and, and then they were used to structure the material. And what this allowed us to do was I create a, a consistency in terms of um, our response and, and understanding um, a whole a whole lot of different applications, but also identify gaps as we went on and, and sort of pull out those key themes. Um, next slide, please. 
So um, the overall message and what we heard and what we saw in the literature is, is NOPS and network um, operation planning um, is beneficial and people found it a beneficial process. Um, it links, it, it clearly is um, a, a, a strong link or, or, or a good link from the strategic planning, so the, the, the big objectives, um, to day-to-day uh, -day operations. Um, it improves day-to-day -day management and planning of the network um, and that was a, a clear um, a clear outcome of the process. Um, and, and it moved um, on varying degrees um, towards a proactive approach to planning and managing the road network. And these are these are themes that came across both the case studies and the reviews. Um, but, uh, and also, but um, highly flexible and highly um, different in terms of how they were implemented. Um, and what we also heard was they were very effective um, and they um, had um, effect in terms of talking to stakeholders, and whether they be internal to your agency or uh, external to, say, a land developer about what, um, how you're planning and managing your network either today or in the near term or, or the longer term. Uh, next slide, please. What we saw uh, when we looked at literature on the right is, is Oslo's previous guidance around NOPS uh, and on the left is um, the literature review is there's general alignment and, and actually the, the linear process or the the end-to-end -end process that you adopt for a, um, a NOPS style study, whether you call it a NOP or something else, um, is consistent and it remains consistent. And that there is this each stage that should inform the next stage and I think um, that's that's the important thing to take away is that each stage um, informs the next stage in some degree. Um, next slide. But what we heard and when we asked the 16 question was really the application of each stage varied. And when we say um, varied, it, it varied in terms of what the original um, application of the NOP or the, the, the intent of the NOP, so uh, in terms of where it was applied on a corridor basis, a route basis, an area basis, you know, CBD, outer area, uh, in terms of the extent, the type of networks that were included, the type of networks that weren't included, the time horizon, uh, so three years, five years, and these things were very, they were, they were very variable. Um, one of the other um, findings is that they varied within the process as well. So um, at the outset of a process, the, um, what was seen later on in the process changed because the scope or the, 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 um, the, the intent of the process changes as we moved on. And, th and this is um, cities and time, you know, and transport system changes over time. And so as people went down the process, their original decisions were um, either continued on or they couldn't continue into the latter stages because they'd overscoped it. Um, and these kind of things all um, sort of went in. And what this suggested is, even though there is a linear process, the uh, uh, sort of a more modular uh, process where professionals can understand how they can solve a particular problem is probably more appropriate to um, help people going down a certain process because, um, for example, if you decide to do um, a certain type of knot and you're at the start of the process and then you're, you're quite into the process, um, down the latter stage and you're collecting data and what you're doing has changed significantly. Forgetting your purpose or forgetting your objectives of the knot because what's changed in terms of your application can lead to a you know, significant data problem. And so the task of that data, um, that latter stage of the study is actually to then refresh what your purpose and objectives of your study is. Uh, it doesn't need to be, you know, 
significant scale, but it's actually to inform what data you're collecting so you're not collecting spurious data that um, doesn't help you achieve what you want to achieve. Next slide, please. So while we were doing the study, um, movement of place was, was gaining momentum, fair to say. Um, so some jurisdictions had a movement of place guidance or were developing movement of place guidance. And what we found was, uh, or what we believe, is that movement of place is a, um, a very strong uh, and developing precursor for a knot. So it creates uh, modal hierarchies, it creates uh, an ability to integrate place, um, ability to integrate a whole lot of other aspects into your knot. Um, that said, um, the, the NOP and how, um, I mean, sorry, the movement and place space is developing in terms of some jurisdictions are taking it further into more detail uh, and some jurisdictions are not taking it forward. So um, we've provided some guidance about how to, how to bring the two in, in, how to bring the two together um, in, in the library, um, but it is general guidance because of the space that movement is place. I mean, this, this speed that movement and place is progressing or was progressing during the study and is progressing today. Uh, next slide. I'll hand over to Alex if he's there. Um, so yeah, the, the reflection there of where jurisdictions are at different journeys uh, with NOPs, so even with smart roads, um, uh, the adoption was across some but not all, and with movement in place coming in, um, while we're seeing it more widespread, um, as, as uh, Will has mentioned, it's not uh, across all of them, and they're at varying degrees. So what we do take away from this though and was helpful especially when we get into the reference material is that um, there's a lot of good starting points a lot of lessons learned um, that can be shared uh, between the jurisdictions especially as they look to do different forms of knots in different manners um, and potential harmonization while there's a, a large amount of flexibility in the process and the application was very varied um, we still saw a lot of uh, similarities um, which we're, we're talking to today as well Probably one of the um, larger issues that kept cropping up with uh, NOPS was um, the linking of the intent to operational decisions. Now, uh, a lot of times um, there is a perceived disconnect um, between the strategic and operational decisions. And what we were sort of finding was that um, you have your strategic uh, objectives um, that have come out of policy and strategy documents and that sort of thing then fed down and filtered into well what's the relating uh, performance indicators and then they get applied through the knot to try and identify where the performance gaps are. Now it, the, the processes um, that seem to be in place a lot is that they're very standardised and quite detailed um, which uh, A can lead to people um, getting a bit lost in the, in the data but B not having any real nuance uh, to a specific, um, uh, specific place um, and context of the project that is being done. Even though the guidance, uh, which has summarised there um, on that bottom bar, does actually indicate that there should be some um, balancing of the objectives and weighting uh, on a per project basis, um, but I guess that was that was quite limited, done in quite a limited fashion. So um, putting a space for this um, in in the reference material is definitely a, um, something that needs to be kept working on and also held uh, upfront as you work your way through knobs. So very much connected with all this uh, is data. So um, what, what you see on the left there is a table that's actually taken out of um, network operation um, guidance by, by OSROADS and it sort of goes to all the different uh, elements that are sort of inputs considered in NOPS and then all the different data forms and where the sources are, their availability. So 
this was on a smart road, um, which uh, even then um, there's a lot of data. And now with uh, movement in place coming in, we've got more considerations with be it placed um, and other social elements um, and safety and environmental uh, other things that have been coming in. So with all this the data needs, um, we're finding that there's a good case for investment, but I suppose it's lacking. Um, while there are some good news there, uh, as sort of shown in the second, the middle um, uh, diagram there, that there's other data um, sources that are coming up, which are becoming more uh, prominent and available. Uh, we still have a lot of issues and gaps, uh, especially with non-motorised modes um, of travel. So what essentially came down to and what was realised is it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. We're hearing that people understand there's a need for good quality, but they really want to um, see the benefit before the investment, um, in part because there's been a lot of failed initiatives um, over the years. Uh, um, but one, one other good news story that came out was in New South Wales, uh, they're, they're forcing contractors to collect data as part of a, a, in a performance-based contract arrangement with, um, and this one was for uh, road maintenance. So um, I guess mapping it across uh, other areas and potential opportunities is, is one way around this to get the data that, that we're needing to undertake uh, activities like NOPS. Uh, yes, this next slide. With the, the review um, of the network fit assessment tool, as mentioned, that was a, um, a tool set up as part of Smart Roads uh, to, to, to look at the performance gap. Um, what we had below is basically a bit of a flowchart around what our findings were in a summarised fashion. So um, with the general shift now towards movement in place, uh, we're finding that the usefulness of the network fit assessment tool as is, is obviously very limited. Um, even the birthplace of it in, in Victoria, uh, they've moved to move in place, so it, it won't be used there. Um, there was also, and, and probably will continue, to be a lot of um, issues in terms of its widespread use. Uh, it was uh, you know, very data hungry, uh, didn't have a common uh, computer language for modelers and other people to use, so it had very specific um, uh, training with it. Um, and the outputs were also, uh, I guess, uh, basic uh, is a term for them. Um, where what we do note though uh, is that it used the performance-based, um, a gap-based um, process and, and that remains. So um, while uh, we may not use it as it currently is, there's still a lot of um, uh, learn, uh, lessons learned and, and starting point there uh, with the network fit assessment tool because there is a continued, uh, I'd say need really, not just use uh, and interest for supportive tools. If we're doing NOPS given the, the network uh, considerations, which can be very complex, we do need tools that um, enable us to to assess uh, the whole network um, and the intricacies uh, with it. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, one thing that we um, that was heard, and, and um, we talked to um, a number of different uh, size jurisdictions, so so. Um, uh, big cities uh, and also um, small city uh, local government um, and we heard that one size won't fit all and um, the, the 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 access on the scale of detail and the resources and complexity even though um, you could aspire to doing um, the uh, a, a network operating plan um, at a level of detail that was um, second to none um, the resources and complexity would result in a in a 
in an overcommitment. And what we heard is that overcommitment means that there's a whole lot of emphasis and a whole lot of um, goodwill that goes in the start of it, start of the process, and this is the linear process. And by the time you get to the end of it, it's much more, um, it's an um, unwieldy process uh, that's difficult to understand uh, and people aren't engaged and it didn't actually deliver the, the outcomes and the upgrades and the changes to the road network um, that customers, um, for customers to see. Uh, we did also hear that there was, uh, when it becomes too over aspirational or not becomes too over aspirational, it actually takes the place of strategic planning and it becomes the, the sort of, you know, what you're going to do with your network rather than strategic planning informing the process. Uh, and, and that was um, a particular um, example. So uh, in, in terms of NOP and, and why um, uh, Osroads and, and, um, and us, uh, 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 you know, have put effort into the library is that there's really this sort of, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a curve of innovation, it's for most innovations. There's, there's this sort of early adopters to early majority. Um, and what we heard from the early adopters um, of NOP is that there is value and there's a lot of value in this process. And we heard, and the value is, um, is not consistent. There's a whole lot of different value that people get out of it, depending on where they are at in terms of their organisations managing and planning the road network. And so what the guidance um, seeks to do, in, and this is that modular sort of, is enable you to use the modules in a different way to resolve um, so resolve the problems that you're facing uh, in the NOT framework. So um, if you're interested in the data section, for example, that Alex just talked about, you know, that enables you in that sense to understand what those requirements are down the, down the track once you've worked out your strategic objectives um, based on that module. Alex, next slide. So uh, at this point, I have to remind you, um, so there is question time after. I see um, we've got some huge amount of people on this call. So uh, please drop your questions in. Uh, we'll be, I think we've got um, at least 15 minutes to run through questions at the end of it, um, as curly and, and as specific um, as possible. Obviously, while you're doing that, have a quick scan of the the, the um, reference library. Um, it's a really um, easy, should be easy to read. Um, it, it sort of will highlight um, all the things that Alex is about to talk to now and all the things that we're talking about in terms of um, embedding the recommendations and the in an output that is easy to use, um, sort of accessible and should help you solve the problems um, that you're facing, uh, whether it be, um, you know, a, a corridor study, a, an area study or, or a, a larger city-wide study. Uh, next slide. Um, so now we'll talk about the online reference material toolkit slash library. And it is a toolkit slash library. Um, Someone's boiling a kettle in the background. Um, it's Alex um, or me. Um, so in terms of development process, so there are key components. There are key things that people go to and not for. And, and this is really the, you know, you'll see in the in the library uh, online material, there is the executive summaries. You know, it is that short, what is a NOP is written. You know, this is the purpose of a NOP. Uh, this is the process, you know, and, and it, it really, you know, succinctly provides you information quickly. If you want to go into more detail, it's there. So the next one is the process and steps, and we talk about that, and these are these sort of sequential, if you're doing it, um, you know, if you had the resources, had the time to do it not perfectly, that, you know, they're there sequentially laid out for you to um, follow that, if you if you want to follow that formula. Uh, and then the 16 themes, you know, 16 themes identified gap gaps for us, they framed our interviews, and so what we've been able to do is, take them through to the reference material so it's easier for you to use and, and there's a sort of commonality of you know who, what, when, how, why. 
Uh, and the final one is, is lit reviews. And, and this is really, you know, if, if you, you can go straight into this section, you can see the, the six case studies in there, um, you know, and look, they're, they're a starting point. And, and, and Andrew will talk about later on that, you know, they're, they're six case studies. You can see what they've done. You can then, you know, go into more information um, and that gives you an idea about the pros and cons before you embark on, on, on your process, uh, whether you call it an op or something else, but your process around uh, better planning and managing of your road networks. Alex? And over to you. Thank you, Will. Um, yeah, so with that structure that was developed um, in the process that we, we informed it, this is essentially what the resulting structure looked like. So what you'll be able to see here is on the left-hand uh, column of the of, of that diagram is that you have those key components. So um, yeah, that quick um, consideration at the start of your project, all the elements you should be uh, thinking at, which are very short, sharp summaries, and then getting into more introduction context, all the elements that make up that and that development steps, which uh, what we found carried all the way through. So it allowed us to keep uh, using it and, and putting information in there with uh, case studies and other references uh, at the bottom of this diagram, but all interlinked. Um, that next level down, um, this is the middle column uh, in the white uh, boxes, essentially are the 16 themes uh, allocated to the relevant space. Um, and, and that's the way it um, formed uh, well, and we, we, we find that this diagram, um, I guess, gives you that initial level of uh, uh, understanding of how it all fits together, and then really gives a level of navigation that we're hoping uh, is functional through the web page. Um, as, as mentioned, it is something that will be maintained, um, we're hoping to, and I think Andrew will touch on that further. Uh, next slide, please. So here is a direct cut from the web page. If you haven't uh, followed uh, Will's uh, invite to go to the web page, um, this is what it looks like, and obviously the link there is down the left. Um, I will go into a bit more detail on what, how to use that page uh, through the next slides, um, but all I draw your attention to right now is obviously we've got that diagram that I've just talked to towards the bottom of the, um, the, 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 the screen cut, and then there's also the contents um, uh, column there on the on the um, on the on the right side so that there is our current navigation which I'll go into now on the on the next slide if we can go to that so um, I think ideally uh, and, and potentially is um, you know uh, funds and that sort of investment goes onto this web page um, that that diagram itself will be fully linked and you can just click on what aspect you want and move back and forth but at the moment it is a static diagram uh, it is represented by that column, uh, the contents uh, column there with um, uh, that expands and closes as you work your way through it. But that reflects it. So as you can see it there in the closed form, it does reflect that left-hand column with key components, introduction context, development steps, case studies, and got a couple over there, which is contacts, which is uh, people in your jurisdiction uh, that were either involved or the, the area that does NOPS um, you can get in contact with and then development of the library, uh, which I'll touch on uh, in a couple of slides. And I suppose just quickly there, that the next one just shows there as you hit plus, uh, it expands and there's more pluses and it uh, basically follows that diagram uh, with the levels uh, allowing you to work your way through it. Uh, next slide, please. So we've got, we'll just do two here um, showing what, what's sort of in them. Uh, this one here is a key component page. 
um, and as mentioned, you get a very short, sharp summary and then a link to, to other ones. Uh, that one that's open at the moment is the outputs and outcomes. Uh, and um, obviously the other ones are there, you can click on and uh, there's a navigation at the bottom of every page. Uh, next page. And then when you get into the more the body of the information, each page is generally set up with these um, levels of information. So left-hand side there, we provide a key takeaway under each uh, heading, um, which again, if you just want that summary understanding and um, just sort of a check that you've, you're on the right track or, or what others are doing, then that's there. And then we have a bit more of a summary uh, information, the, the sort of the core text, uh, the, the, what we've found um, in reviewing these topics. And then linked at the bottom, uh, you'll find that there's the case studies and how they're relevant uh, in this one. So um, you, you'll have a last column that basically states how it's relevant, why it's relevant. And then you also have the source material. So all the uh, literature that was reviewed that has relevance to this topic, um, there's a drop-down menu and be able to link to that. And it has the, the wording and link to the actual document itself uh, if you want to go even further. Um, at this point, I was going to hit the link and open up the um, actual website itself. Um, I'm not sure if we want to do we that. Can still, we can still try. Let me uh, give control to you and see if it works this time. Okay. Yep. Here we go. Hi, it's working. Great. Okay. I opened one earlier just in case. So, on the, the screen, uh, as mentioned, you know, it's a screenshot, we've got a diagram there, general intro, and then here's the contents uh, uh, for your navigation. Um, so, I'll click on one, uh, development steps, and then remember there's three layers with the development steps, so you go in there and then you find, uh, for example, uh, uh, scoping, study area, time horizon. I click on that, and then there's a bunch of, uh, uh, which were the themes under that, uh, which again, as I click in on those, then you'll get that information. So as mentioned, you get your takeaway, you get your summary information. And then with this one, there's only the case studies. Uh, there were no specific documents that were linked into this one. But nonetheless, you can sort of see the level of de detail and the navigations you work your way through it to, um, as we say, help solve the question you have and, and I suppose give that information in a digestible manner. So the last, so the last thing I'd like to uh, just draw your attention to uh, with uh, uh, the reference material as it is online is that in the contents you see down the bottom there, there is a development of the library. And um, in there it sort of goes through a few things, being the, the purpose methodology um, and the research conclusions, which uh, do match um, uh, well with what the webinar, the way that's been structured, um, but also that there's a link there uh, to the um, to the research report itself. So if you open that, you'll find that uh, all the information um, that's presented on the reference material as is, uh, is all in there. And it's probably in a bit more detail and written more in a report fashion, because uh, essentially we took that research report, um, read it the language to make it more of a, a, an online um, tool and language that you'd more expect with a, a web page rather than um, a research report. Okay, thank you uh, for that, Alex and Will. Uh, we don't have long now until we get into questions, so I'd encourage you, if you do have questions, to start popping those into the question box uh, that's in the uh, controls at the side of the screen. 
So we wanted to sort of finish with a little bit of a description as to where to from here, because this project wasn't about producing a report, as many of Australia's projects do, valuable as the reports are. It was about producing an enduring resource that could then be maintained current uh, and, and supporting a, a range of activity in the network operations planning space. Uh, so as Alex and Will have mentioned, the library is online and it's free. Uh, and all Australia's publications are free, but for this one, you don't ever need to register. So I really would encourage you to get in there, explore and have a look. Um, if you don't want to copy out the, the address or try and find it, uh, if you download the PDF link to the slides that's in your sidebar, you, you should be able to click on the links in that and it'll take you straight there. There is a technical reference group that's been established within the Transport Network Operations Program. Uh, so this group is something of an outgrowth of the project working group that we had within the project uh, that was seen as a very useful forum for exchanging best practice in network operations. And so that has evolved and continued on as a network operations planning technical reference group. Uh, this group will also have ownership of this resource library uh, moving forward. The library that has been developed can be expanded and it can be further developed but it's really gonna depend upon the level of usage and also the level of feedback from users. Austroads does maintain a fairly wide variety of, of valuable resources, but Austroads has to choose where to prioritize its effort. Uh, so if we do see utilization of this library and if we do see feedback, uh, then there's the impetus to do more and to keep it alive, keep it going and, and make it better and stronger and improve in the directions that you want. If there's just silence and then we're not seeing the usage, then as you can imagine, there's a lot less reason to invest in this over some of the other tools that Austro has put forward. So if you find it valuable, please do use it um, because otherwise it's going to be assumed at least to some extent that you're not using it because you didn't find it so valuable. There is also consideration of a refresh network operations tool and um, that was mentioned during the presentation that there are some limitations in the current tool and some things have moved on since that was produced. That is being considered a little bit though in the context of the refresh of what has been the Austroads Guide to, to Traffic Management that, that's underway at present. So depending on the form that that takes and, and particular directions we're seeing currently, uh, there could be a little bit of a difference in, in, in how tools will be most valuable. So it's pending the, um, the refresh or the strategic review of the Austroads Guide to Traffic Management. Uh, and with that, my final call, please do add questions into the question box. We can see some, uh, some questions that have been coming through. Um, that's fantastic. I'll stop sharing my screen to hand control back to, uh, to Ekaterina. Uh, and then I'll start running through through the questions uh, to our presenters. Thanks so much, Andrew. It's always me now, and uh, I invite Will and uh, Alex to join the Q&A. Alex, maybe your camera will work. Let's try and see. It works. It is, yeah. yeah, it does. <laughs> The first question I might sort of answer myself and happy to have, uh, I suppose, a, a chorus of support to this one. It's, um, it looks like a great initiative to, to grow use of network operations planning. Who has access to the NOP libraries of just straight transport agencies or can consultants access them to? Uh, and really the only criteria you need is access to the internet and an internet browser. Uh, it is open and free to all. Um, there's no requirement to be in Australia and New Zealand, and we'd certainly be encouraging consultants to use it. Um, so with that, I'd probably throw that question to, to Will or Alex as, as consultants. 
is this the sort of thing that you intend to use? Short answer is yes. Uh, anything that's uh, usable and you can find information quickly because I, I uh, while I've even you know been involved in this project, I don't remember everything that's in it. So if I can find it in a navigable uh, manner on a web page, then yes. Okay, thank you. The next question is around the difference or similarities between network operations planning, which is a specific term here, and a broader term being tactical planning. Uh, is this something that has a, a lot of overlap or you know, is one really just another name for the other or is there you know, a clear distinction between the two? Uh, I'm not 100% sure about what is um, mentioned or, or meant by tactical planning, but I think tactical planning is, is short to medium term planning and I think um, uh, the purpose of NOPS is to help plan and manage the road network in response to your strategic objectives. Um, a, a tactical plan can cover a whole lot of um, different um, things, whether it be, you know, um, response to carbon, resilience, you know, what, whatever. Um, but the purpose of NOP is to frame that within in, in planning and managing the road network. Um, so I assume that, um, well, the two are complementary, um, I assume, not not having exact details of what meant, is meant by tactical planning, but they sound complementary. And does the follow on from that will uh, the other tactical term that's been asked in the question is tactical urbanism. So the relationship uh, of network operation planning processes and, and tactical urbanism. And I know that one is a term you are familiar with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, love, yeah, tactical urbanism, yeah, great, great. So absolutely, absolutely. Um, because um, tactical urbanism um, needs to, um, is, a, is a way to, um, uh, to create change on the road network, to test interventions, to um, to um, sort of get, get projects and ideas and concepts going. Um, what not creates is um, the, the network that you want to see on that network. So how to enable the right tactical projects at the right locations. And I'll give you a specific example. Um, one jurisdiction that we talked to um, used a not to um, frame what it wanted achieve from different parts of its CBD network. Um, tactical urbanism then comes in and creates effectively um, the change at potentially the most difficult locations where you need to talk to the community in a way um, that they that they can respond to and see see the changes that have happened um, and see the benefits of those changes theoretically or improve the projects that you're doing. So absolutely complimentary. So then the next question that we have um, relates to, you mentioned that lack of data is one of the barriers for network operations plans, and it's certainly something we've heard from our project working group as an ongoing challenge. Uh, so the person, the question's coming to, through to ask, well, what's the cost of collecting the data? Um, it's not specifically asking for a quote, it recognises how long's a piece of string question. But if you just want to talk a little bit through the cost of data and potentially in the case studies, how did people overcome this in terms of sort of dealing with the data shortages and, and the real costs that can exist for collecting data? Yeah, a piece of string uh, is also in the answer, so I'll try and um, uh, uh, keep succinct-ish. Uh, so I think there's um, 
the module, probably going back to more the modular thing, that you can go at different levels. And that can also be uh, the level of data and analysis that then usually follows that. Uh, so the way people are overcoming it a lot is either getting um, a substitute or something that's um, uh, you know, a quasi-measure of something that you're trying to do. So we uh, we heard specifically on the case studies, we actually heard that the data, because the process and the early scoping of the process created such a big data um, requirement or such a widespread data requirement that that didn't that they didn't get into using the tool um, in, in in and it wasn't um, that it's a it stalled effectively at that process um, and and where it didn't stall and where it got into that process it was hard to update it was hard to go on um, and so part of the the the, the modular elements is being able to start understand that data is a component of it early on but also understanding the early stages of the project and how you define that will have implications in those later stages. And that's an important, um, that's an important um, aspect of both the data, but also the, um, the early stages of the project. I think Alex was sort of had a different point, um, but I, I couldn't quite pick it up. Uh, thanks, uh, Alex and Will. The next question is one that, um, you know, one of the nice things about network operations planning is it does bring groups around a table, um, but sometimes there can be dis disagreement between those, those groups. So the question specifically is, in circumstances where you've got multiple different road or transport agencies involved, for instance, a state transport agency, potentially a state major projects agency or subgroup of the transport agency, local government, um, so a variety of road agency sort of um, groups involved, potentially other stakeholders as well, and then not agreeing on user needs and priorities. I suppose who's owning the network operations plans in those circumstances, and are there any practical ways of, of progressing when this occurs? Yeah, that's a an excellent question. I think the answer is like any process or system, it's not going to solve every answers, and it's not going to solve the difficulty between agencies. Um, like moving in place and, and and not but what we did here was that through um, NOPS engaging so early on in the process around the purpose and objectives but also around that there is a sequential process that they follow that once the purpose of engagement and, and the network objectives and, and those secondary stages is the conversation was more constructive around a particular network because um, and a specific example, um, a developer um, or a site or, or it might be a um, urban land agency that has a specific interest in a certain area, for example, um, starts to understand um, the tension between modes, not only in front of their doorstep, but also in terms of the wider area and what you're trying to achieve from your network. And I think that um, perspective is a really important thing that not give to the decisions that are made on you know, um, talking about a, a, the dimensions of a certain intersection or the capacity or, or um, requirements of a certain intersection. And, and that's what NOPS had to that. And that was a continual value that people said. Uh, they said in a whole lot of different ways, talking to developers, talking to land use planning departments, talking to other agencies, talking to strategic planners. And that value was absolutely clear through that. Quite a, a reasonably technical process, but also um, people engaged in it because um, 
in my experience, people want to talk at that level in terms of how the network works because they understand it and they're also thinking about those kind of things. Thank you. And the last question I've got written here. So if you do have another question, please add it in um, because we've got one sort of remaining to answer that's on the screen. So there's room for more. The question relates to it. So far, we've talked about data with probably an emphasis on data that exists for performance now, um, you know, throughput now, user needs now. Network operations plans look also into the future. And so that then brings the question, are network operations plans, is there a real preference or is there a lot of variance between approaches used as to whether you're using sort of a predict and a provide approach in network operations planning? So model future demands and find a way to satisfy them. Uh, you know, Scenario-based approaches. So I suppose when you look forward, um, is it a simple predict and provide? Is it a case of working out what you want to achieve uh, and managing to that? Some combination, depending on the circumstances, it all depends, I suppose, how do you look forward in terms of you know, working out what demands are and what you're trying to achieve for demands? Yeah, is, I, um, I don't know if Alex is still there. Um, I am, I'm just hope, not sure if it's working. Yeah, do you want to have a, do you want to have a shot at answering that? And I might chime in afterwards if, if you're still there. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so the, the question around, um, uh, you know, are we aspirational or are we sort of addressing existing, in part still does depend on what the purpose of your NOP is, um, but when we're talking about performance gap, I guess it can be uh, today's conditions or assessing some scenarios, or it can be a longer term ultimate scenario and you're slowly stepping towards it. It does come down to the purpose. Um, I think the opportunity that sits with uh, NOPS is that you can aim for something that's aspirational and then work out how you get there rather than necessarily keep doing what you're currently doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add to, add to that point, um, in the case studies, you can have a look at, I think Auckland um, is, is one of the case studies. Uh, while we were talking to the, 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 the people of Auckland Transport and um, NZTA, it was fantastic information. We're looking down and, and you know, they're, they're literally pretty much digging up their whole their whole CBD. Um, the, the point of a NOP is it, it, it is, you know, to that tactical time scheme, it is that three years to three to five years or one to five years, depending on how fast you move. Um, and things will change in that process. Um, and so, the you know, you're not going to, you know, they, they, they do have a, um, they do have a forward looking, so they should be in response to something in that tactical term. They should be understanding a long-term sort of change, you know, the, the, the 20 to 30 year horizon, but they're really, really in, should be in response to the immediate priorities on the network. And, and that's, that's you know, their role. And they sit between that strategic and the operational, which is, you know, day to day. Um, and, and so therefore um, that's, um, you know, that's, a, that's an important um, sort of, place for it to continue to sit. Uh, and it's not easy because we did hear about people sort of going one way or the other um, throughout the process. And for our new final question, our question has decided to, to hold our feet to the flames a little bit and say, please for this one, not a generic answer, but something specific from a case study. Uh, can you give an example of translating a strategic objective into an operational one, ideally using sort of a specific example? Yeah, so I'll give you exact, it's, you know, I think they've written up. So Hamilton, for example, um, 
So Hamilton's Knot was a tool for them to, um, to they, they had a road network that was um, sort of treated the same within the CBD. The Knot gave them a mechanism, um, and sorry to anyone, Hamilton on the call, but having interviewed you, um, and it's written up in the case study, this gave them a mechanism to change the priorities across their road network in the central area. Um, and so, and that effectively became, you know, their, their, their hierarchy in that central area. To be even more specific about the benefits of that knot is a developer would come to them and say, you know, we've got an application to build a big building here. Uh, what are your priorities for the road network? How do you respond to that? And rather than responding it to a generic way, we could say, or they they were found themselves being able to say, along this route is a public tra transport priority. Along this route is pedestrian priority. You know, so it, it's it's sat into that. So a very specific um, uh, link between you know their, what they were trying to do, some of the benefits at a sort of more macro level, and then a very operational benefit. I don't know, Alex, you might want to add one from a, another example. Yeah, I'll just add in that uh, the, the the Victoria case study um, actually look, it's it's based around um, a, a signalised corridor and giving the, the the signal operations people the, the information they need to code each of the signals and, and link them together. So um, you, you take a, a work out what your priorities are along the network and uh, their relative importance and, and then they actually, um, you know, they were then finding a specific amount of change, they were allowed to change uh, the programming to support different modes. So if you come in with a, a, an objective um, that uh, along a certain road you're prioritising pedestrians and, it, it, you know, and, you, and you basically say, I don't mind if I have large delays on traffic, then those that, that specific strategy can then be applied through the knot and give the signal guys um, license um, to, to change the signal phasing, timings and that sort of thing to prioritise the PEDS in, in the example I'm describing. And uh, one last 30-second uh, answer. Safety analysis in this Vision Zero world, does that happen alongside and complementary to network operations planning? or inside and integral to network operations planning? Uh, inside, uh, can be. So again, if you want to know your purpose, you can have a, uh, a performance measure related around safety if you want to integrate it that way. Uh, and you, know, you, you work out what your intervention is and how much uh, safety improvement, um, or ultimately what level of safety you want to achieve and you have a performance gap. Um, all things that are possible, it's all about how you set it up and what the purpose of the the knot's going to be. Thank you. Over to you, Ekaterina. Thanks so much, everybody. Um, thanks so much again, Andrew, Will, and um, Alex, for a very interesting presentation and a fantastic Q&A. Uh, and thanks to our audience for all your questions. Um, so I just have a few slides to finish uh, the session um, and wanted to say a few words about our future webinars. Um, we have a variety of sessions. Um, as you can see on the screen. So on the 25th of May, we will present new guides to road design. Um, in June, please join us for a series of webinars to learn about a new framework and tools for uh, asset preservation and renewal. Um, on the 22nd of June, we will talk about um, asset data collection for road pavement performance. 
So to view all of the sessions um, and uh, to register, please visit our website. Um, and as usual, uh, when we close out today's session, there will be a questionnaire uh, that will pop up on your screen. Please take a couple of minutes to send us your feedback. It really helps us to know what you liked or you didn't like um, about the session and what suggestions you have for future webinars. Um, you will also receive a follow-up email within a few days with the recording of today's session. Um, and uh, thanks again, um, everyone. Um, we hope you stay well and safe and enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again.